Hi, how you doing? Welcome to my podcast, A Design for Life, how to survive and thrive at life. My name's Phil Mears, entrepreneur, mindset coach, and I want to share with you my life lessons and how I learned to survive some unbelievable life traumas. But also, from that, I designed a successful life for myself. I'll also share with you my harrowing backstory and how I can help you with not just the big life-affirming challenges and changes you want to make to your life, but also the little everyday challenges when you're feeling a little bit disorientated and you maybe need a little bit of a boost to get you going again. This podcast is where you'll discover my secrets of how to apply a positive mindset to uplift your life when you're feeling a bit stuck, maybe don't know which way to turn. And you will be able to thrive in ways you've never before imagined and perhaps start living the best life you can. I'm excited to have you with me here, so thanks for tuning in. Hi guys, how you doing? Great to have you with me again and welcome to this episode of my podcast, A Design for Life. And this week we're going to be talking about what's next, how to get unstuck from where you are now and to get moving again. And when I say stuck, what I mean is that you have this overall feeling that you want more from life. You know where you are. You know it's not right. It just feels a little bit there. It feels a bit uncomfortable. And you know that you want more, but you might not even know what it is. It just has to be better and more than this. And you feel a little bit like the hamster on the wheel. You get up every morning, you get on the hamster wheel and you just keep turning that until it's time to stop. But you're unsure what to do about it. You know, you maybe really want this, but you just don't know how to get started. Or maybe you've tried before and failed and that you now lack the will and the energy to do something about it. Maybe you're overwhelmed because it just re- you've been overthinking it and you don't have all the answers. You don't have any of the answers about what to do or how to do it or when's the right time. And I've spoke to a lot of people like this. I coach them uh, all the time. So in this episode, what I hope to do is to help you get unstuck and maybe reignite a little bit of fire in you so you feel you're confident enough to actually start getting in action and doing something about where you are now so that you know what's next and you can get yourself unstuck. So why do you want to change? Why do you want to get unstuck? What is it about your current situation that doesn't feel right? You know that it isn't right, but you've got to ask ask yourself that question first of all. Why? Why isn't it right? What is it about this situation that I don't like? And then that's the next question. And remember, I won't bullshit you here. I'll tell you the honest truth. And you've got to do the same for yourself. You've got to have these conversations and they've got to be honest with yourself. So why haven't you tried before? Or... What have you tried and why didn't it work? What's putting you off from doing something about this? Now, when it comes to work, it might be that you just feel underappreciated, ignored, invisible even. Maybe you just don't feel good enough or maybe you feel too good for where you are. It can be either of those. And these, all these questions, all these scenarios can be applied to relationships You feel underappreciated, ignored, not good enough or too good for this relationship. You're not getting what you need. Or maybe you just lack a job 
or a lack of relationships, fill in your own gap. But whatever it is, you need to ask yourself why and be honest with yourself. Why is this situation not right for me? And then focus on that. And that'll be why you're stuck. You know, you have things you lack. You lack desire. You lack motivation. You lack courage or a clear path with signposts telling you what to do, when to do it and how to do it. And as a result, you're left with fear, anxiety, weakness or a lack of self-belief. And you're hiding in plain sight in your comfort zone. Get on this hamster wheel of familiarity every single day. And it's not just you, everyone else does it. So it's fine, I'm hiding in plain sight. Nobody's drawing attention to me and I'm not drawing attention to myself because I'm just like everyone else. So it's easy to hide. There are no surprises here, no unexpected challenges, no bumps. Um, but everything feels out of reach. Just everything I want is just out of reach. It's hard to reach when you're on the hamster wheel and you're focused on the hamster wheel. And you start at hiding on the hamster wheel with everyone else. But what you need to do is you need a little bit of pain in your life. You need a little bit of discomfort. You need to get out of your comfort zone. It hurts to admit this stuff, I admit. But you've got to admit it to yourself. So, are you like everyone else on this hamster wheel? Are you accepting of your situation? You know, are you, are you just hiding in plain sight? I don't think you are. Because to be quite honest, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you are. There's something about you that is a bit different from those around you. You're an individual and you've got choices, but you've also got ideas, goals. You're just a bit stuck. And often stuck people are there because it's not that the situation is not right. It's just too comfortable. It's not uncomfortable enough to jolt you out of that situation and make you do something about it. So what's it going to take to get you out of this situation? Is it going to be something drastic like with your job, for example? Is it going to take you getting the sack or are you going to have to be laid off or, as we had recently, furloughed or worse still, redundant, you know, or in a relationship? Are you going to have to be dumped, divorced or ghosted before you do something about your comfort zone, before you get out of it? Does it have to be made that uncomfortable before you decide to do something with your life? Well, it's it, any, any of these things could happen. You know, they have happened unexpectedly just recently and they're happening all the time to people. And you don't want to wait until you're in that situation before you decide to take action, because then the overwhelm that you might be feeling now is going to be magnified 10 times, 100 times. And it's going to be very scary. And what will happen is you will your pressure will turn to stress and anxiety and fear, all these things, this weakness and this lack of self-belief will all get magnified. Magnified or even magnified. Um, and then it becomes paralyzing. But this is a situation that I was in. Exactly this situation when I was 20 years old. So I'd been uh, newly paralyzed as a result of my motorbike accident some seven or eight months earlier. And now I'm a wheelchair user 
I've discharged myself from hospital a few weeks earlier and I'm now living in a bedsit. That wasn't my idea. I found myself homeless because on the weekend I discharged myself from hospital, my mother kicked me out of her house and said, you're not living here. I thought that I'd discharged myself from hospital and I would start to build my life the way I wanted it. But my mother had other ideas and kicked me out. Not only that, she burnt all my possessions after I after she kicked me out. She was a delightful human being, as you can imagine. But what I what I actually found myself uh, was with a little bit of help was a bedsit. So suddenly I had a place of my own, but I had nothing in it, literally nothing, not even the proverbial pot to urinate in. But I had choices. What do I do? Do I let this situation? break me does it does it start to overwhelm me because let's face it right here am i 20 years old newly paralyzed in my bed sit sat in a prescription wheelchair if i decided to go down the route of going to the off license and getting myself a bottle of vodka and 12 cans of lager and made that my daily routine well, surely a lot of people would have looked at me and saw, and just thought, well, look at his predicament. Is it any wonder that that's the route he went down? But that's, that's not me. There's another way of looking at it, and which is what I did. This was the opportunity to move into a greater something. To write my own story the way I wanted it to be, with my rules and my actions. So it was an opportunity. And... The Chinese, I believe, have a, a word that means both opportunity and crisis. It's the same word for both both situations. Well, isn't that the way life is sometimes? We face crises, but there are also opportunities if you choose to focus on that particular direction. And that's what I intended to do. Now, I had a little bit of uh, an asset in my armoury because... I wasn't broken. Yes, I was down and maybe a few little chips off the, uh, you know, had been taken away from me because of what had happened to me. But I still had fight. So I was down, but I wasn't out. And that's because I knew I had one particular big asset. I had resilience. Now, I knew this because I'd been in situations like this before. Thanks to my parents, my childhood was an endless cycle of bullying, abuse and abandonment. And as such, I'd built up a degree of resilience, which is what you do. You get knocked down, you get back up again. It builds your resistance. In the best traditions of Rocky Balboa, I'd get, I'd get knocked down, but I'd get back in the fight. Because as long as you're in the fight you still have a chance at winning. It doesn't matter what you do, as long as you're doing something, you get back up off the canvas and you get back in the fight. So with all these experiences that I'd built up over my 20 years of, uh, of life at that point, I knew that the bullying, the abuse and the abandonment had given me a degree of resilience. So that was my big asset that I knew I had. Now you don't need my experience to be resilient. You just need a desire to get in the fight and get back up when you get knocked down. Resilience will in you will build every time that happens. So think of it this way, okay? This wasn't 
when I was in this situation, this wasn't my first pony ride. I'd been on that pony and I'd been thrown off that pony many, many times. So that pony didn't frighten me again. If you're going to get on a pony ride and you don't want any of that drama, then the analogy I'll use is get down to Blackpool Beach, pay your money and get on one of their ponies, ride up and down the beach. And uh, I guarantee nothing dramatic will happen to you. But there'll be no rewards. You won't achieve anything. You'll just be out of pocket and you'll have had a nice, comfortable pony ride. But you won't have built up any resilience to anything. What you need to do is accept that if you're going to step out of your own way, you are going to experience a different kind of pony ride. And you're going to get thrown from that pony. What you need to do is to build your resilience up every single time that happens to you. And what will happen is your confidence and self-belief will grow. And you already have a lot more resilience in you that, than you think. Because it takes a degree of resilience to put up with the same crap each day of getting on the hamster wheel. And even though you know you don't want to, you, you do it anyway. So you're resilient to this kind of rejection. The rejection of that way of life. You get up and do it because... A, you know you have to, but it's very easy to quit. It's very easy to quit. It's just say, no, I'm not doing any of it. I'm not doing that anymore. I've had enough. You know, um, my mental health is such that I need to go off sick and uh, with stress. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You convince yourself you're stressed. You convince yourself you're incapable. And before you know it, you're out of the game. So there's a degree of resilience in you in keeping going. So there's something to build on. But you've just not used it. You've not used this resilience because it hurts. And it's just like going to the gym. The first few times you go, it hurts. But you get stronger the more time you go. And resilience works in the same way. You have to build it up and you have to look for the knocks so that it builds up your resilience. So here I was in my bedsit, okay? All I'd got was, I'd got nothing whatsoever other than a desire to do something. But I'd got one question. What's next? So what did I do? Because I got to make a move, I got to do something. I didn't know what it was, but the first step I took was going to be very important. But it doesn't have to be the right step, it just has to be a step. So here's what I did. Nothing. Nada. Nout. I did nothing. Because I wasn't sure what to do. But I knew that I needed one thing. I needed a little bit of space to think. So I did something that I do even to this day. When I don't know what to do, I do nothing. But I do what I call a constructive nothing. Okay? So you know you want more. You know you want better. You're getting nowhere. And you need to get away from that thought process. You need a little bit of space in your mind so that your mind can breathe. Okay, so think of it this way. Your mind is so constricted by having to find an answer to what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and why to do it, that you're so caught up in this situation that it feels fear, anxiety, 
confusion and overwhelm and you're putting that pressure on your brain to find answers to all this stuff and it bloody hurts and it won't function properly because you've put too much construction constriction on it you need to relieve some of that pressure okay and that's where a constructive nothing activity comes in so it's not exactly doing nothing but it's a nothing constructive nothing activity so what I mean by this is doing something that is totally unrelated to the problem for which you're finding a solution. Total distraction, a simple task that requires your focus and concentration, but is nothing to do with the problem you're trying to solve. Now, before my accident, I would run because the mind has nothing to think about other than putting one foot in front of the other. And as such, it has space to breathe, okay? And the, your mind will go for a wander round. And what happens up happens is it opens up new pathways. Neuro, neurons start to fire in ways that they haven't done before. This isn't me making this up. This is science fact. New pathways open up in your mind when you start to do things like a constructive nothing activity. And you just allow your mind to wander. Now, after my accident, I couldn't go for a run. So what I did was I bought a plastic modeling kit. Ironically, it was a Yamaha motorcycle, but I spent my time building it, gluing it together, painting it. Um, and I still do, I still apply the constructive nothing activity to situations when I'm trying to find a solution to a problem but I don't know where to start. Nowadays, I upcycle furniture, okay? I bring life back to that that has been written off. See the synergy there? Um, but I love it. And it also acts as a little bit of side hustle because when, I, when I've done it, I've got something to sell. Brings in a couple of quid, okay? But it's the activity that allows me to just focus and concentrate on the job in front of me. It's not challenging as such. I'm just having a little bit of fun and in the background I'll have the music on that I like or a podcast not this one I don't like to listen to my own voice but something there to just take me away from myself and allow my brain space to breathe okay and let these new neuron pathways open up or because I've been doing it for so long reconnect with the neuron pathways that have established themselves here am I, I'm doing uh, my modeling kit and I am looking for an answer, but I'm not actively looking for it. I'm waiting for it to show itself. And it did. And after a few days, a week or so maybe of doing my model every day, I came up with the answer. And that was for me to start playing wheelchair basketball. And I dipped my toe a, bit, a little bit in, uh, with this uh, into wheelchair basketball whilst I'd been in hospital as an inpatient. But what I realised is that with wheelchair basketball, going back to the team that had newly formed at the spinal injuries unit in Sheffield, where I'd, where I'd done my rehabilitation, it gave me an opportunity to get out, get out of my bed sit. And that's what I needed. I needed a reason to get out the front door. But I also wanted to be with my tribe which at that time was young, active, competitive wheelchair users, i.e. basketball players. Because what they would do is they would give me 
an idea of what I'm supposed to be doing because I've only been in a wheelchair a few months. Prior to that, this it was nothing like that. I'd never even had contact with wheelchair users, so I've, I've got no idea how to be. But these young, active, competitive guys, they all knew how to be because it wasn't new to them. So I'd got mentors. I'd got somebody to give me an idea of the signposts. But more importantly than that, I've got a reason to get up in the morning and to get out the door, to get fit and to get better. And that's what I needed because it starts to continue the process of opening up new pathways in my brain. So you're getting busy. I'm in action now. These neurons are starting to work better. And from that came my next objective, which was to move more into the real able-bodied world and spend less time in the disabled world because I saw my future as a young man more in the able-bodied world. Didn't know quite how, but I knew that that's the direction I wanted to go in, to face the challenge and to learn how to cope in the real world, which was a lot diff a lot more different in the mid-80s than it is now for disabled people. It wasn't a, co a case of complaining about how inaccessible things are and how the world isn't suitable for me because I'm in a wheelchair. No, the world isn't suitable for people in, on wheels. I'll tell you that for now. Because here in the UK, we've got thousands of years of history and at no point was it constructed for people on wheels apart from when the Romans came and built roads. But the buildings we constructed weren't suitable for people on wheels. So don't complain, find a solution. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to challenge myself in this new world. But when I'm in action, when you're in action, the path reveals itself bit by bit. I didn't know where I was going, but each day this path was starting to reveal itself. Step by step, or in my case, push by push. And too many times clients come to me um, and their complaint is, I can't see the path where I want to be. I know I want to do something, but I can't see the path. Well, I've got news for you. It doesn't exist. The path has never been trodden before. It's your path. So you've got to tread it or wheel on it. You've got to find your own way. So I started with my constructive nothing. It's upcycling now. So what's yours? What's yours going to be? Will you be running, uh, swimming, cycling, or perhaps something a little more sedate, like a jigsaw puzzle or an adult colouring book, or perhaps painting? Whatever it is, it needs to be the right activity for you. And if you are quite an active person, then perhaps doing something more sedate is going to be more uh, more of a constructive nothing activity for you so that your brain allows that space to just wander and fire the neurons, find, find new pathways and let things flow. Similarly, if you are quite sedate in your activities, perhaps stepping it up a little bit might have the same effect. But nevertheless, what is important here is practice. If it doesn't happen the first time, you keep going. So you've got to repeat the practice and you've got to be consistent with it. So many people think they need to know their path before they start. They need direction. They need to know the terrain. Where are the obstacles? What is the equipment I'm going to need? I.e. I need knowledge. I need training. I need all this in place before I do something about it. 
I need to know what the obstacles are so that I can anticipate them and get over them without too much of a problem. And because of the terrain, I, I can see where the pit holes are. Where am I likely to turn an ankle and I can avoid it? And the direction will tell me where all these are. It's bullshit, guys. You don't know. You don't know where any of this is because you haven't trodden the path. And if you avoided it all, how would you ever build up your resilience? So what you've got to do is you, you don't have these answers. You just need to move. And once you move, the self-confidence and self-belief will start to build. And you'll start, you will face these tasks and you'll get knocked down. But like Rocky Balboa, you'll get back up in the fight and you'll chalk it down to a lesson. And every lesson costs you time, money or effort or a combination of those three. Get to know that, get to understand that and stay in the fight and keep treading your path. And get out of your own way with negative self-talk. Refusing to have an honest, no bullshit self-talk. Because it's easy to hide. You're not going to get anywhere if you keep hiding and you keep hiding the truth from yourself. You don't need to know how or where to start. Or whether you've tried or failed before and you're now hiding with fear of trying. You just need to start. Because when you're in action, you gain momentum. And momentum is, is important. The more action you take, the more momentum you build because it's the momentum that will keep you going when your motivation wanes. And it does. Motivation's great at the start. You know yourself, if you've ever tried anything, you're full of enthusiasm at first for it. Going to the gym, a diet, whatever it is, the motivation's strong to begin with, but it wanes. And it's the momentum that will carry you through. And the neuron pathways are opening up all the time to these new ideas. You don't need the path paved out for you. Because if it is paved out for you, it's some bugger else's path. That's not yours. You need to create your own one step at a time and to stay in action. Now, you'll have, you'll, you'll have questions about this. Is it the right direction? Am I doing this right? Of course you will. And there are answers. And the answers to this came when I, I had questions like this and I used two resources. The first one is to read every single day. You read. I used to go to the library every other day and get books. And I'd ask them to get books in for me. Self-help book, help books, business theory, motivational books and biographies. And biographies led me to my second resource. The first one's to read every day. The second resource is a mentor. Now, as I said before, when I was playing wheelchair basketball, I had the perfect mentors in the other guys around me. They were showing me how to be. When you're going to move on beyond that, you need to continue updating your mentors. Now, this can be someone well known from a biography, as I used to do. I've read three biographies on Aristotle Onassis because I wanted to know what made the guy tick. How did he become the richest man in the world? And I think at one point in the mid-70s, he was the richest man in the world and he had a hundred million pounds. He was a mentor for me. But these mentors shifted. I'd read other books. I'd find other mentors. If I can do that, so can you. And if you need a mentor, you apply this principle to your life. 
If you're looking to come unstuck from something and to stay unstuck from it, find a mentor. There are many mentors to be found in books. Um, you can go on YouTube. All I would do is exercise a bit of caution if you're going to go to YouTube because here you're looking for substance in what's being said rather than the personality that's saying it. Also, podcasts. I don't necessarily mean mine, but others. And apply the same principle again. It's what's being said that's important, not by who it is and the personality. But use all these by all means. But make sure you read every day. No excuses, guys. I started this principle. I didn't read. I used to love reading when I was a kid. Like I say, I was quite introverted and shy because of my upbringing. So I'd lose myself in a book. And then as I got into my teenage years, I got out of the habit and I left. I stopped doing it. But when I was 20, I reconnected with reading. And since that day, I have read pretty much every single day. I still do it now. I read when I go to bed. It helps me. I don't look at my phone and I don't watch telly. But I make sure I read every day and I don't have to read something that's going to inspire me or fire me up or whatever. Sometimes I just read fiction, but I'm reading all the time because it's a part of your brain you need to keep exercising. And I began this process. So age you've got to read every day and you've nothing. got to find your mentors. I had no assets but you've also or got to be in action. My mother had kicked me out of her house and burnt all my possessions. And I was living now in a rented bedsit, sat in an NHS wheelchair and trying to make sense of what life is going to be like as a paraplegic. But I read and I found my mentors who would enlighten me when I got stuck and I needed to ask, well, what would they do now? I asked what's next and I kept asking what's next. I asked it when I failed and when I succeeded. What's next? And I stayed in action so that I could capitalise on the motivation when I had it and rely on the momentum when I didn't. And as a result now, I have a nice life in Cheshire with my current mentor, who's my wife, and two crazy funny cockapoos. I've got two grown-up boys creating their own paths in life, and I get to talk to some amazing people and help them elevate their lives. So it's not bad really, considering where I was. And I use this process, so what are you going to do about it? What is your next best step? That's all you need to know. What's the next best step for you? And if you don't know, well, you know what to do. You start a constructive nothing activity and you get in action and you stay in action and you follow what comes from it and you keep doing. Don't just do it for a couple of times and think, oh, Phil's talking out his arse. You keep doing it. It takes practice. And the more you do it, the more the answers will come to you. And you follow a path. It doesn't have to be a path directly in the direction of where you want to be. So if I was going to be an entrepreneur and eventually have a nice life in Cheshire, wheelchair basketball wasn't going to be the path for me. <laughs> I'm not going to be suddenly earning, you know, wheelchair basketball players don't earn the same as NBA basketball players. So it was never going to lead me there. But it was the start. It was the first step. It was the first action to take. And that opened up the pathways to lead to the next step, the next idea. And you keep going. And with your resilience, you'll get knocked down and you get back up and you keep going and you keep doing your nothing activities and you keep building up your resilience and you keep failing and you keep learning until eventually an opportunity comes along and this feels great. 
And but you keep going, and this opportunity may work, it may not, and if it works, great. But you keep going, you keep pushing yourself, and you keep building up the resilience. You don't stop with, oh, I've made it now. This is really good. What's next? This is great. What's next? And you keep doing that, keep pushing yourself, and something else comes along. And now you've got two things that are going off. Great. What's next? You build up your resilience, and the more resilient you get, the greater the success you will have, the higher the position you have. And life does get a little bit easier, not because the challenges aren't there anymore. It's just because you know how to deal with them and they no longer hold the kind of fear and anxiety for you that they used to. So when are you going to start this then? Today? Tomorrow? Next week? What about right now? What about committing to something now and then doing it? Because theories don't climb ladders, nor do promises. Action does. And if I, a regular guy in a wheelchair, can do it, so can you. No excuses, guys. Don't try to bullshit me. Listen, guys, thanks for being here. It's been great to have you along the way. You take care, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening to my podcast, guys. I really appreciate your company, and I hope you got something from this episode that can help you with your life. If you did, then click subscribe because I've got so much more to share with you and I don't want you to miss a thing. Also, why not bring your friends on the journey and share this podcast with them? You can post feedback in the comments section. I'd love to hear what you've got to say. Or you can get in touch with me direct by visiting my website at designforlifecoaching.com, especially if you're struggling at the moment and you need a lift. In the meantime, stay safe, guys, and I look forward to catching up with you soon.